Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Making Moves. I'm here today with the CEO and founder of Mara Beauty, Allison McNamara. Thanks for having me, I'm so excited. Thanks so much for coming on the show, I'm obsessed with you. Uh, The feeling is mutual, (laughs) I feel like we met back when we um, had the lymphatic drainage massage and I feel like we just got along immediately. Yes. Yes. I remember what we were talking about, do you remember? Oh my gosh, wait, we were talking about something (laughs) that was- A show. Wait, oh, what show? Oh my god, I do remember we were geeking out over something but I watched so many shows. The summer I turned pretty. Oh my God, that was my era because that was the summer. Yeah. And I didn't turn pretty. Same. No, literally. It's so sad. Well, I was talking about because I was yes. going to the Outer Banks and you were like, yes. oh my God, the summer I turned pretty because yes. we were talking about like that vibe. That was like, that was actually my summer. I'm now on to jury duty. So I've moved, I'm well past that. Okay. Yeah. Where are you at in jury oh, duty? I'm finished. Oh, I finished. Oh, what do you think? I, I'm like obsessed. I love Ronald. I'm like obsessed with the whole concept. And I thought he was so nice. Like, oh my I would have been a total bitch throughout that process. Yeah. So watching him be such a like a, a star human, uh-huh. I was like, 20 out of 10. The bed scene. Dying. The jumping. <laughs> Screaming. Screaming. When I tell you, my mouth dropped. And like James Marsden, I see him all the time at Sushi, by the way. Oh, do you really? He doesn't know me, but I see him all the time in Studio City. And, you know, I've seen him interact. So watching him act like such a, like, 
like asshole actor was yes. so funny because he's totally not like that. That is it funny. was just amazing. I mean, he played it well. So good. Yeah. Hilarious. Anyway, let's talk everything about your business. I want to hear about your childhood because you had a dad in the beauty business and you had this whole other career before you pivoted. So jump into the deep end. Tell me everything. Okay. So I grew up in California in a mm-hmm. place called Palos Verdes. It's like this ocean community that's really mm-hmm. rooted in ocean culture. And I love being by the ocean and my dad is in beauty. And so grew up with him working on formulas and bringing home products and getting to play with those. And that was such an integral part of my childhood. And we were always like really encouraged to celebrate beauty, which I feel like a lot of kids aren't when they're younger, especially maybe more now, but Mm -hmm. not back in like the 90s. So I was constantly playing with different types of um, salicylic acid products and masks and bringing all these things to my friend's sleepovers. And it was such a big part of how I grew up. And so flash forward, I decided I wanted to be a television host, went on that journey, but then ultimately brought me back to the thing that I love most, which is beauty. So Incredible. And I'm sure without even realizing it, when you're just around someone who's in that space, you start hearing the lingo and the terms way earlier than like the average Joe. Totally. You probably I feel like, know all these like <laughs> crazy terms. Yeah, even just being on commercial sets and like getting to watch like Misha Barton do the commercials. Yeah. Like that, even the branding and the marketing and how those products were positioned was such a big part of what I was exposed to when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I feel like really helped me on this part of the journey. Totally. Yeah. So what was your dad doing in beauty? So he worked at a bunch of different, you know, uh, companies. He was the CEO of Neutrogena. So I guess oh, wow. that, that's kind of a big deal. Um, yeah, he's incredible. He's such an incredible marketer. He also went to Too Faced. He still works in the business. So he's at Dr. Dennis Gross and T3 oh, he Micro. Is? Yeah, he's, he's like obsessed. retired. He's I'm retired. obsessed with their LED. It's literally Crazy. when I tell you that <laughs> my favorite tool, I use it every single night. Oh, it's amazing. Like five passes. Are you doing? Oh, really? I do. Yeah. It's three minute cycles. Wait, for do the, I need to be doing more? I do more of them. I, I do like one of each. You know, there are three different yes. like levels. What color are you using? So I do red, purple, and then the, the last Blue, one. And then I'll whatever. start it over again. Okay. Like dink, dink, dink every single night. Like while I'm scrolling TikTok, you know, might as well be doing something for my skin. Was he a CEO the entire time you were growing up or was he working his way up at the company? He worked his way up for sure. I mean, you, you don't wake yeah. up and become yeah, a CEO. Yeah. I think he worked um, at CoverGirl when I was younger, and that's why I lived in Maryland. And then I moved out here to California when I was really young. But um, he held general like marketing positions, I think, throughout his career, and then went to Neutrogena, and then went to Too Faced after that. So really was in that space my whole life. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, it was awesome. What are some of the biggest takeaways that you've learned from him being your dad? Well, he is. He kind of coaches me in the sense where he he's really helped me with supply chain, I would say, because, uh-huh. you know, when I started the business, I had no idea what I was doing. So I think constantly just asking me questions like reaffirmed my knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I think that was really important. And I also think just getting and communicating ideas quickly and clearly to the customer is something that I've watched him work on and hopefully, you know, has by osmosis come to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think those two things. But I think he's just been so great at being that sounding board when a lot of people aren't on your side when you're building a business. Totally. Um, it's really nice to have someone who is totally just wants you to succeed. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I feel like isn't talked about enough is secret haters. Yes. <laughs> yes. People who are nice to your face but secretly want your downfall. Yes. There are lots of those. And you know what? It's easy to be that way because we all want to be successful and there is totally. enough room. But it's hard when you're watching people grow. And you look, I've been on the other side of that where you're like, why are they getting that thing? Why am I not getting that thing? So it's nice to have a truly like 
platonic person who just wants, wants you to be successful. Yes. And if you don't have that and you're starting a business, try and mm-hmm. find that. How do you weed out or kind of spot those secret haters and make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that genuinely want the best for you? That's a really hard question because I feel like you don't know at first, mm-hmm. but I always have had like an amazing group of women that I've always been surrounded by and most of them are entrepreneurs and they're not all in beauty. They're you know, publicists and they have different types of athletic brands. Mm-hmm. And I think just having that group, especially if it's diversified in terms of like what you're actually creating is super helpful. And then, I mean, look, family isn't everything for everyone. Like your parents might not have your best interest in, at totally. heart. So I wouldn't say always rely on the parent, but really try and find that good friend mm-hmm. that just will give you the advice. Like, no, that's ugly, Allison. Mm-hmm. Like my my good friend April, actually, shout out to her. When I was first designing the packaging, which I did myself, I was working at Main Addicts at the time and I brought the prototype of the box and April was like, girl, your stuff is so good. <laughs> like, cause she had tried the product. She's like, but that packaging is ugly. Uh-huh. And I'm like, wow, thank you for standing up to me. Cause uh-huh. everyone was just saying like they liked it. Mm-hmm. And it totally rerouted my the vision for the brand. So, well, that's the thing with a secret hater is they're almost like a yes man yes. to everything, totally. Even if it's bad, and your real friends will be like, "Babe, you can do better. Yeah, like you can do better. <laughs> Go back to the drawing board." Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing at Main Addicts? So I was their editorial director. Oh my god! Yeah, you've lived was, so many different lives, honestly, Allison. I had to because I was on TV for a long time and at Pop Sugar and Refinery Twenty Nine. And when I left that part of the journey, I worked for myself as well. So I was doing all sorts of types of roles while. I was building Mara and while mm-hmm. I was ideating Mara. So I worked at Main Addicts. I was consulting for lots of other brands. I was creating content for Entertainment Tonight. It was just, I was doing anything that would kind of stick because mm-hmm. I also really wanted to do Mara, but I had to, you know, also make a living while I was creating the business. Totally. So, well, I think that's something, again, that's not talked about enough is people grinding with their day to day while yes. also doing their five to nine at night, which is their passion project. Totally. I feel like we're always fed like the dream story, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, my first year in business, I'm doing like 20 million in sales. And look, that does happen to people. But I think if you're not a celebrity and you don't have a massive following, it does take that grind and you have to make sacrifices. So mm-hmm. whether that's working for yourself, but finding little jobs that you can do on the side to support you while you're building your dream, or if it's working the nine to five and then doing the dream on the five to nine, you have to kind of make those choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things you learned that have just helped you with overall life when you were working at Pop Sugar, Refinery29, E! News, all of those entities? I feel like what I learned is how to be really quick and consistent with my work because when you're in TV we'd get to the you know the studio in the morning we'd write the show so I actually was one of the writers on the show for my segments and so and is this pop sugar yeah pop okay. sugar so it went from a online daily live show to a made for TV show so it was the first digital show that was taken live that is insane. TV. it was great it was like honestly it was the wild west of media and it was such a cool experience but I think being able to work quickly and concisely was really important and I also think it taught me a lot about time management because I'd have to go from shooting the live show to then shooting some something else for the segment to be packaged for the next day. So I think that really helped me with like time management, which I think is important as an entrepreneur. What do you think are the keys to being quick and consistent? Like if you're not quick and consistent, how do you get to that point? Practice. You have to do it over and over and over again. I feel like writing every single day, if that's what you need to do, I write the copy for Mara. That's probably my favorite part of it, like coming up with the name and the marketing and the slogans. And I feel like you have to exercise that muscle. Mm -hmm. And I think consistency, like doing things all the time is what makes you really good at them. It makes you faster and quicker. Like nothing replaces knowledge and time for that. Exactly. Um, I want to circle back to your dad a little bit and, you know, the lessons he's taught you along the way. Is there anything else that you feel like you use on a daily basis as far as advice you've taken from him? 
he's really calm and he's really thoughtful with his words. And that's something that as an Aries, I am not. I'm impulsive. <laughs> I am quick. I am like fiery. So I really try and take like that calmness of like, okay, this is a really stressful situation, but I need to be strong for the other people that work for me and with me. Uh-huh. So I think like being a good leader is something I've taken from him or hopefully maybe he doesn't agree. <laughs> You <laughs> might not agree yet, but I'm learning, okay? Mm-hmm. And is he helping you at all with Mara? He doesn't work on the business per se, but he does give me advice. So I would love for him to work more, but he is busy. And he's also, he's worked his way up where he does not need to be working, you know, nine to five anymore. But of course, if I'm doing a new product launch or we're formulating, he's really big with me in formulating because I don't let a lot of people try the products before they're ready. Um, I'm very like secretive. Interesting. Yeah, like, I, I do let the team start testing them when they're in a better place. But the reason why I do that is because I, I do know what I'm trying to create and I don't want too much feedback. Because yes, you shouldn't ask for feedback if you're not willing to take it. Yes. And so I am very secretive in the beginning processes because I know what I'm trying to do. And a lot of the things I'm trying to create aren't out there yet. And people aren't always open to new ideas. So if you give them something that's not quite ready where you know where it's going and then they give you feedback, it gets in your head. And you don't want that. And I'm so swayed by other people. Me too. I'm a people pleaser. Same. Yeah. So that's so smart. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah. And so I share it with him and we work on those formulas a lot um, in the beginning phases of them. And then when they're ready, I kind of widen the audience, get more feedback when I'm ready for other people's opinions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that's a good piece of advice, too, because... Yeah, you can be easily swayed by others. And if you know what you're trying to create, like keep it keep it close until you're ready for the feedback. Even the simplest stuff, I'm actually trying to be more in tune with my gut with just everyday life. Like if I'm at this is such an L.A. example, but if I'm at Erewhon and I know I want the Hailey Bieber smoothie and someone's like, oh, you need to try the new Giselle smoothie. I'm trying to stick to my gut. And like, obviously, that's an insane example. But I think there is something to sticking to your gut and trusting your intuition and not being swayed by others. Totally. Even like an outfit. Like if you're getting ready for a night out and you ask your friends which one you want to wear, but you know which one you already want to wear, then why are you asking? Mm -hmm. Because then they say the other one and then you're going to be like, oh, okay, you know? Well, every time I ask, it's same with when I'm about to post an Instagram and I send it to my friends and I'm like, which one's best? (laughs) Like which photo do I like best? And I know which one I want to post. Exactly. So just like post that one. So it's that same kind of concept, but with formulas. Mm -hmm. You've talked a lot about being super in touch with your gut and your intuition how did you get in touch with it the way you are oh that's such a great question because I think that that is cultivated over time Mm -hmm. I grew up feeling very like not fitting in Mm -hmm. and kind of feeling like an outsider and I feel like because of that I was forced to choose like really feel confident in the choices I was making and so I think that just has grown over the years and I'm a secret witch you know I've always had a a bit of an intuitive side to me so I think those two things paralleled also with the fact that I'm just older now I'm in my Mm mid-30s so it does Mm -hmm. take a long time to feel very confident in your own skin and Mm -hmm. people say that you know oh when you get to your 30s you'll feel different but you do feel different you you've lived more of a life and you've got more choices and more knowledge in your gut so you know what you like more. Mm-hmm. So I think that's all those things have helped. Are there any practices or tips that you wish you would have started doing like in your early 20s to help get in touch with your intuition and gut sooner? Oh, that's I feel like it's so hard because I look back at my 20s, my early 20s, and I was so focused on 
how I was perceived by other people versus actually just doing what you want to do for yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think just being more in tune with like not caring with with what other people think. Mm -hmm. But that's so hard, right? Like you you just you say that, but like putting that into action is much harder. Uh Uh-huh. You know? I think that's the biggest thing people just in general struggle with is caring what others think. I think Instagram has really not helped with that either because I didn't have Instagram for the first part of my career. Instagram really became popular in like 2013, 2014 and I started my career in 2009. So I think that that's also really made it hard for people to feel Mm -hmm. like confident in their choices but you know it's a tough world out there. Mm -hmm. It really is. Just go with what you like. Do you ever feel like you still struggle with that? You know what? No. Interesting. I love that. No, I don't. Why? I just don't give a fuck anymore. Period. (laughs) How do you not give a fuck what others think? I think a big thing, too, is like, you know, I'm married to a woman now. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that, um, that comes with a lot of scrutiny, too. Mm -hmm. And I feel like just not caring what other people think. I think that helped me a lot with just coming out with my relationship with Cass. Well, that's a huge game changer probably in your trajectory of life yeah you know what I mean that's a huge decision to make and to not give a fuck because sometimes people are all up in your business about that stuff and it's weird yeah and if you're not ready to talk about it I dated men before Mm -hmm. and so like you know that was a big turning point I think for me and coming into my own Mm -hmm. um yeah, I think that's probably it, actually. Now I just don't care. Period. Yeah. Okay, so the key to life is... <laughs> not caring. <laughs> is date a woman. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Honestly, it's not bad on this side, I promise. I'm sure. Okay, wait. I want to talk a little bit about that because Cass is an incredible hair colorist in LA and owns a salon. Yes. So she's in the beauty business as well. She is. We're a beauty little family. Dad, wife, and me. And Incredible. my sister works in beauty too. Shut up. Yeah. What does your sister do? She works at Biolage. Oh, wow. Yeah, hair brand. Okay, so how did you and Cass meet? We met through my old hair colorist. He actually brought me to her birthday party, which she's a Capricorn. So it was like January 10 years ago. Wait, trying to set y'all up or just as- Kind of. He'd been really? trying to for a minute. And, and were you seeing girls at this point? Um, Not really at the time. Like maybe one in, prior to that. Okay. But um, no, but he wanted us to meet. He thought we would get along. And we did. We've been we've been basically dating ever since. So, wow. That, yeah. I mean, I can we normalize like setting people up more? I feel like- Coupled up, people are gatekeeping their hot single friends. Honestly, they probably are. And I kind of miss the the dating app scene. Uh-huh. So I'm grateful for that because yeah. it does seem like it's hard to meet people that way. Wait, so what was it that your friends saw in the both of you that was like, you guys need to connect? You know, we're not friends with him anymore. So I oh. wish I could ask him. There was like a falling out okay. between because he was also a hair colorist. Okay. And I ended up going to my wife, now wife, to do my hair color then after a few months. And then that put a bad taste in the mouth yeah. but um well, I'm, I'm I mean actually, now you're literally it's literally um, your wife. it would be weird <laughs> otherwise if I went to someone yeah. else but I actually don't know what he he saw because we're actually very different Cass is very quiet she yeah. is um, we're both really hard workers and we both love our career but she's much more quiet and like uh-huh. I'm very loud and eccentric and I don't know I, I don't think I would have put us together naturally if, if I was like setting two friends up but I think opposites attract so interesting so what did it for you about Cass I love that she's a hard worker. I thought I was really inspired by her career at the time. Um, and she's just really like calm and nice and patient. Mm-hmm. All the things I have to try and work on mm-hmm. to be. <laughs> yeah, literally. Oh my God, right? You're like yin and yang. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but she's so talented. So it's fun to like watch someone do really well at something they love. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Thank you so much to Apartments.com for sponsoring this episode of Making Moves. Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Was that something you struggled with as far as growing up dating men and then, you know, playing for the other team? (laughs) Was that something you struggled with, I guess, coming out or because you're in L.A. and you're surrounded by, I mean, like I have like a gazillion gay they friends. So was it still a big deal or was it not really? I just wanted to make sure it was the right choice that I wanted to make, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't sure, like, this was new for me. So I'm like, is this the journey I want for myself? Yeah. Because everything's a choice. And so it wasn't really so much a struggle of, like, being accepted, per se. Mm -hmm. But I think just more of, like, okay, is this the ideology that I have for myself now? Mm -hmm. And I was ready for it. So I went on that journey. But, you know curiosity is like something that I always have had too for every part of life I got Uh most inquisitive in fifth grade so I think it's interesting to just try new things and so I was ready for it but it was also a different time like I have lots of gays and theys now too Uh but it wasn't like that back then that's true so this is 2014 so this is almost 10 years ago Uh so it was a little different I feel like Gen Z is very up to date with just like everything yeah they all date everyone yeah so it's definitely different now like, than it was if then one of my friends was like oh yeah i went on a date with a girl and then the next day they go on a date with a guy i'd be like period yeah exactly <laughs> I, I actually know lots of people yes. like that now so it's just much Same. different yeah totally um okay so now you guys are both in this beauty business and you've been married for how many years we've been married oh my god we've been married our anniversary is coming up two years this oh my year god, yes yes thank you That is so awesome. What's it like being married? Honestly, it's the same. You know, I think it just depends. Like we don't have any children, so it really just kind of feels like the same. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like the next step. You know? Is that something you would want to do in the future, have children? 
I do want to get my eggs frozen this year. That's something I've had on my to-do list that's weighed very heavily on me uh-huh. for a while because it's just, it's a lot on the body. It's a lot on the mind, a lot on the hormones. A lot on the bank account? Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> I know. I've been saving for it. So that part, I'm that is the only part I'm prepared for at this point because uh-huh. I've been saving for it for a really long time because I've always known that I wasn't going to be like a super young mom. Got it. And I want to have kids in like my 40s, I think. Mm -hmm. So that part I've been saving for, but the actual emotional toll and like I hate needles, like that part Mm -hmm. is really scary and overwhelming to me. But I'm not sure. I think like it's a question mark, but I don't want to let that opportunity go away Mm -hmm. either. Being in a a same sex relationship, how do you go about having children if you want them to be biologically your own? Well, for you'd have to have like one egg and then a sperm donor. Yeah. And then if, you know, I have friends um, who have cultivated eggs, both women, and then they've had one of each with the same sperm. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, which is really cute. We probably won't be doing that. I think I'm the only one that's going on the, the egg freezing journey. Mm-hmm. But um, there's, I guess there's lots of ways you can do it. Yeah. But I don't know. It's scary nonetheless, but science is amazing. No, it's incredible. Science isn't like crazy. How- I always say one of my <laughs> guy friends, Murph, I'm like, listen, if you're single and I'm single by this time, we're having a child. Why not? I mean, hello. You're seven- so hot. <laughs> I mean, that okay, the looks, the brains you're are so all things- amazing. <laughs> like, you're so smart. I need your sperm. That's very seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Yes, oh, it, is. <laughs> it so is. Okay, I want to go back to Mara. So what made you want to start this company? I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I think a big mm-hmm. part of my last career was I was working for myself at the end of that, too, because I had my own business, and they were hiring me to do these things. But I always thought that hosting was going to be the vehicle to get me to do my next thing. And I w- wasn't sure if it was going to be beauty or fashion, makeup, um, but I was always inspired by Ryan Seacrest. I remember he had- He's his, so iconic. Oh, he's iconic. And he also had his own suit line. Uh-huh. And I remember being like, wow, I love the idea of a diversified revenue stream. It'd be really cool to work on- Lots of different things. His name is on everything. Everything. And so I thought that that was going to be the way. And in a way it was. But when my show got canceled, Uh it was the show that I was doing. Shanae Grimes was my co-host. And we had a daily show on Pop TV. We would toss to Schitt's Creek. It was the most fun. Um, But when that got canceled, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go back to doing YouTube full time for different brands. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure I wanted to create a YouTube channel myself. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with it. I think it's incredible. But I just was already used to having a full studio mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure if I wanted to kind of start over again totally in that capacity if I was going to start over I wanted to do something that was totally new I get it and so and I was tired I, you know I've been working on camera for upwards of nine years mm-hmm. and hair and makeup every single day I was fatigued and so I didn't realize that the second journey was going to be even more fatiguing in mm-hmm. a way but mm-hmm. it's so fun getting to learn a new skill and so I started to do Mara I had the idea on a trip to Turkey Mara is the last four letters of my last name mm-hmm. it means C in Gaelic and um, my last name is McNamara, but it means hound of the sea if you translate it to um, from Gaelic. Oh, to wow. I. Yeah. So it's really just built into like the family DNA. And I loved that. And, you know, each part of the journey when I was ideating at the beginning kind of fell together very seamlessly. Mm-hmm. And I took that as a sign. And I'll never forget on that same trip, we were driving through Positano and I saw Mara, M-A-R-A, written on in like white writing on a rock in Italy as we were winding through the Amalfi Coast. Shut up. Because Mar is um, ocean also in in Italian. So they had Mara written there. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the sign. So I took that as, you know what, we're going to do it. That is crazy. It was. Okay, I feel like a lot of people are similar to you in that they have this career and then they're feeling a little maybe burnt out or wanting something else or wanting something more. How do you know when it's time to pivot in your career and what advice would you give someone who is at that point and they don't really know what they want to do yet? 
I think the road gets hard when the world wants you to change. And the road was getting hard for me in that career. I was getting all these great shows. I had one on FYI Network. I hosted the Oscars pre-show for... Oh, my yeah, God. It was, I was getting all these things, but then they weren't leading anywhere. It was kind of a bunch of stops. And I was working really hard. I was really tired. Um, and I felt like the world was forcing this change on me. And so I think you've got to be able to recognize when things are just feeling really tough. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not ready, there are signs that you're ready. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of really listen to what I was feeling, these signs I was given from Mara, this idea that felt so robust and exciting, coupled with the fact that I wasn't getting these shows anymore. Like the shows I was getting were stopping. Or I was getting so close to being in the finals for like Wipeout or something and then, you know, not getting casted. And so I kind of took that as like, look, I'm not going to fully close that chapter, but I'm going to go on this journey too. Got it. So you didn't ultimately close the door you were just like let's see what this other door is leading me to exactly and I still worked so this is 2015 when I started ideating Mara Mm -hmm. I didn't launch it till 2018 and I worked at Main Addicts and my other consulting jobs till 2022 Wow. Yes, to give you some timeline. So from 2015 to 2022, I was still operating my other business, A. McNamara, Inc. It's still active. No one really does anything for it. Um, But that was something I really kept going for a long time. It was just a little less on camera. So Mm -hmm. it was more consulting for brands and doing things that way. The behind the scenes. Which was probably second nature to you at that point. So easy. But I loved it, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you get the name, you get the idea, and you're fully self-funded, correct? Yes. That is crazy. (laughs) Yes. Good for you. Thank you. How did you have the bandwidth to self-fund a beauty company? I mean, well, that's insane. It, it is insane. So there were a few things that we made, decisions I made that really helped with that. So okay. I launched in the middle of the Korean 20-step skincare craze. And okay. it was like, you need a million products, <laughs> yeah. full skincare routines. Remember, we were doing like 95 steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came out with the idea with I'm one oil, just this one oil, universal face oil. That's it. The reason behind that is I couldn't really afford to make a million different products is when you are making a product and you put them in different types of packaging, there's MOQs for everything. So 10,000 bottles, 10,000 droppers, 10,000 unit cartons. And I was like, look, I can't afford to do all of that at once, but I can't afford to do one killer product. Mm -hmm. So really put everything into that one product. And because of that, the success of that product then paid for the next product. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of snowballed. Like then the success of the next product paid for the next product. And that's kind of how the business grew. And so I think today, it would be a little bit harder because the cost of acquisition to get new customers is really expensive in 2024, much, much higher than it was in 2018. What do you mean? Whether you're doing meta ads on Instagram and Facebook, okay. um, if you're trying to get an influencer to talk about your product, this is still earlier time. So people were getting paid to talk about product in 2018, mm-hmm. but not not as much as they are now. Mm-hmm. People were more, more open, I think, to share organically than, hey, is there an affiliate code for that? Or, you yeah. know, so it was a different, it was also a different time. So I do think I was blessed in the timing that I launched. Look, you can still launch a product today and be completely successful, but it was also before the celebrity craze of beauty launches uh-huh. too. And I think that you are up against the big guns. You know, you're up against Selena Gomez. You're up against no, Taylor crazy. Bieber. It is crazy. And they are incredible women and they deserve the spotlight that they mm-hmm. have. But it does make it harder. The, you know, the market share just kind of cuts down into a smaller piece of pie. Totally. Um, out of all the celebrity skincare brands, which one do you think is your favorite? I love Rode. I love the products I I've tried Rode from Rode. Too. I love the peptide glazing fluid and Me I love too. her essence. I like the um, milk. I love that's the one I like the glazing yeah, milk. Yeah, I glazing love milk. that one. I'm trying to think other celebrity skincare brands. That's probably my favorite. I have yeah. a lot of favorite celebrity makeup brands, but skincare is hard. It's and you can, really hard. And you can tell when people put love into a product versus when it's a white labeled product. Mm-hmm. And I do think a lot of celebrities rely on a white label kind of idea for you know what that is. Right? No, I don't. So 
A white label is basically where you go to a contract manufacturer and you're like, I want to make a cleanser, a lip balm, and, you know, an essence, let's say. And then they'll just kind of give you base formulas and you can add small marketing actives to it, but they're really built for you already versus doing a ground up formula where you're paying, you know, the difference is paying like $500 for a formula versus like 30 to 40,000. Oh my God. For the for, just for the formulation. Yeah. Cause you're getting like a team of cosmetic scientists who are working on R and D for years sometimes on these products before they're actually out. So there's different ways to do it. And so I can really tell when, especially a celebrity, has gone that extra mile to make things really special. Or you can tell when which is probably what you're describing when a company approaches a celebrity and is like, hey, do you want your face to be attached with our already made product? Precisely. I think, which I can't blame them. Yes, of (laughs) course. They're busy people. Of course. Not everyone's meant for this journey Mm -hmm. and not every celebrity is meant to be like a a super in the weeds type of founder. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a place for everyone. Okay, we need to go back to dissecting. What was the 30 to 40K for for formulating? Is that mean... formulating an original product? Yeah, some of our formulas cost upwards of 30,000 to 40,000 to actually just make the formula. I for know. For one product. For one product. And that's for <laughs> for the sample or for like it to be put into all the different babe for the recipe. No. <laughs> yeah. Thousand. I know, I know. Uh it's really expensive. So, yeah, it's crazy. 40 K for the recipe of your potential product. What if you don't like it? Well, you work on submissions. So the the goal is, look, I've I've made it all work, but I've been there in times. Actually, the one I just launched, Sea Dream, there were some twists and turns in the formulations of that product because I knew exactly how I wanted it to perform. But getting it there, girl, it was not pretty. It was actually really scary, like all the different routes we took. Can we talk about it? Yeah, of course. Okay. What is the product now? Well, you're going to get it very soon. It's called Sea Dream Firming Algae Cream. Mm -hmm. I have always historically hated face cream. Because that's why I launched with oils. Oil. Yes, I love oils. Most of our products are oil based or water and oil emulsions. And a cream, I just felt like the, the category was saturated. I never loved the cream. There's like, a gazillion creams. A gazillion creams. I never love how they feel on the skin. This is like a very specific way of describing something, but I get claustrophobic, like everywhere. Whoa. And sometimes certain skincare products make me feel claustrophobic. Interesting. I don't like things that feel like you're putting saran wrap or like almost like a film. You know when things have a film yes. or a pilling effect? And a lot of creams that are mattifying or blurring have that dry down. Mm -hmm. So for the cream, I want it to be very glowy, almost like sitting on the skin like a very lightweight face oil. Mm -hmm. So having that natural dewy finish, but really firming the skin, actually like providing efficacy. So having peptides and really beautiful stem cells and getting those to work with the algae that I wanted to work. It was just a really hard balancing game. So sometimes you'll go through, that one took me years. I started formulating in 2020. Get out. And we launched it this year. So it took, and it's not because we're slow anymore. At the beginning I was slow because I didn't know what I was doing. Now I'm fast. I'm just specific. Uh So it takes a while to get it to the place where I want it to be. Got it. So was it something you started with being like, okay, I want, you know, these type of ingredients. And then they came back with it and you're like, actually, I don't like this. We need to move in a different direction. Or what did that look like? Well, yeah. So I write my dream product out. I like write it like I'd write a story because I'm a journalist by trade. So I'll write it out like this is how I want to feel and look and smell. These are the ingredients I would like to put in there. And then they kind of go with that. Are you, how are you writing this? Oh, like a full product. Where are you writing it? I'm writing it usually at 11 p.m. at night if I'm at home or on an airplane. On a computer? On a computer. Okay. Yes. In like a notes app or on Google Docs? I want to, I want the specifics. I want like, so my, for, the people who formulate with me, there's a very like, um, like official document that you fill out, but okay. I make it very, very like in depth. So you could go as simple as like a hydrating cream. You could write that as what you want. 
to firm the skin. I like peptides in it, but I'll write out exactly how I want it to feel. And it's funny because I always go back and read that as each time we're getting a submission. I'm like, is it giving the feeling? I also like assign words and colors to everything. Whoa. So what were you assigning for so a sea dream? Dewey dreamy is what I want. I wanted to be like dewy and dreamy. And the dewey name dreamy. wasn't originally sea dream. It was lay rich cream because I was in my lay era where I was adding. I'm so glad we went past that. I still do it, but I was like lay deceased, yes. lay sauvage. Like, lay uber. <laughs> lay uber. Um, so it was in my lay era when I started formulating. It was lay rich originally. Lay rich. Okay. Um, but I Is wanted, this a night cream? It can, you can use it morning or night, but it was originally intended as a night cream. But It's, it's a sea dream. Sea I'm dream. like, am I dreaming with this cream on? Okay. You should be. You okay. Great dreams. But also it works really well under makeup as a primer. So I am encouraging people to try it that way. But, um, and are you writing it like a story? Yes. Okay. So I write Can it like you a story. Can you give us an example of what it would be Oh my like? gosh. So I guess I would say like when you open up this cream, it feels like a dewy, dreamy, a dewy, dreamy skin awaits when you open this cream. It feels thick to the touch, but melts into skin seamlessly. Mm-hmm. You're feeling those rich actives upon application. It slides on like butter. Like I'll write it kind of emotive like oh, that. Oh, okay. And this I'm just winging right now. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's kind of where I would go um, with how I write the story. Because I want to like describe the feeling you feel as you're using it. Mm-hmm. Of course. And so then I put in the ingredients that I do the research on prior to submitting my like product profile mm-hmm. and not all of them make it in there I'll like reach for the stars I'm like I want berberine in this and I want this thing and I'll find like methyl blue from Erwan that I've been taking I'm like put this in skincare <laughs> and they're like babe that doesn't work with this type of formula I'm like okay we'll save it for a later day you're like um, that makes it gritty yeah exactly but mm-hmm. sometimes I am not a chemist so mm-hmm. I kind of reach for the stars then we find what's applicable and mm-hmm. then sometimes things you'll want like moringa is one of our key ingredients we use I um that has a very like na- like nasty smell like it stinks and mm-hmm. so so sometimes we've got to play with the levels if we're not adding fragrance or any sort of like, we don't add fragrance, by the way, but we add different types of essential oils sometimes. That can help make it smell delicious. Yeah, that help like, you know, take curb that scent. But like Sea Dream was fragrance free. Mm-hmm. So we had to figure out like, oh, damn, this smells like this smells like this smells like shit. Yeah. So that was tough. But yeah, the, the formulation process is my favorite part, but it's stressful, too. Mm-hmm. Is that where you kind of get your scientific fix? Yes. Because I've heard in podcasts you say that you like love the science side of things. I love it. I wish that was the one thing I, I didn't study that I wish I would have kind of gone forward with. Science was always my second love to writing. And yeah, I, I love that part of it. I love learning how it works together. I love reading through the clinicals on each our, uh, raw material because the brochures, since I own my formulas, I know every ingredient, where they come from, how they're sourced. Um, are they sustainable? All what those. do you mean you own them? Like do some beauty brands just not own their Most formulas? Most people don't own their formulas. Oh I God. mean, yeah. So and that's because if you go to a contract manufacturer, they actually own the formula and they're basically licensing it back to you. And then sometimes if you you can structure it like a a create to buy where you've got to create X amount of product until it becomes yours. Okay. So they're getting their fix off of you too. But since I go to a separate person, I go to a separate formulator, we make the recipe, then I take it to a contract manufacturer and I'm like bulk up my formula. How much is that? It depends on the product. I mean, look, usually you're looking at a 5 to 10K MOQ. If the average item is $6 a unit, then you're, you know, you kind of do the math. Uh-huh. It, it gets to be pretty expensive quickly. And that's not including sourcing the jars, the the caps, the unit cartons. So mm-hmm. all in, I think I spent around 100000 for the first product. No. Yeah, but it, it was done over incrementally. So it wasn't like 100K right up front. And um, is this money you had saved up? Like, how did you get 100K? Well, it's sa- obviously saving. Uh-huh. And then um, we did have my dad as a part of owner too. So he did help me a little bit with the business at the beginning. He owns 10%. Shout out to Michael. Shout out Michael. Um, He is so (laughs) beneficial. But um, yeah, it's it's expensive, but they don't all come come in at the same time. I mean, 10% 
amazing but like that's not enough there's 90% <laughs> I know you had to pay for yes it's expensive so um yeah it's just it's a lot but like it, like I said like you'll do the first thing and you'll pay incrementally so when you're formulating to say it's a $20,000 formula you'll pay it in four four cycles so like after the first submission after the second submission all those types mm-hmm. of things so you get a little bit of a break it's still hard but got it it's like quarterly taxes yes exactly <laughs> you're like oh god it's Q3 again The one thing that has kept me sane throughout the 75 hard challenge, and more importantly, has kept me hydrated the most, is liquid IV. Y'all, when I tell you, I literally crave liquid IV. Like the lemon lime flavor lives rent-free in my head. First of all, it just always quenches my thirst, but it is perfectly sour and has that tangy taste to it. And it's just so good. Like a nice cold, crisp glass of liquid IV. Oh my gosh. Sounds so good. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. So I actually just taste tested all of the flavors for you guys, the pear, the white peach, the green grape, and the lemon lime. And I have to tell you, I still think lemon lime is my favorite. (laughs) But my second favorite is green grape. And then my third favorite, believe it or not, is pear. I'm actually shocked by how much I like pear. And then in fourth place for me was the white peach. My favorite thing about Liquid IV is how convenient it is, especially because I am always on the go. I am booked and busy, and I'm sure you guys are too. So being able to pack it so easily in a purse or a carry-on or whatever the case is, like my work bag, I always have a liquid IV in there because throughout my day, I get so thirsty and nothing truly satisfies my thirst craving other than a liquid IV. Like it is so good. I literally want to make one right now. And listen, drinking water is great. Like I've been drinking so much water while doing the 75 hard challenge, but one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you way better than water alone. And I love it because I feel like it actually revives me. And the best part about it is that there's no artificial sweeteners and zero sugar. However you hydrate, grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TK at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TK at liquidiv.com. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. 
Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I've had some beauty brand owners, specifically makeup owners on the show, and they were telling me that if they wanted to do like a foundation or a mascara, they have to buy like 10,000 units in yeah. it or something crazy. Is that the same for skincare? Yeah, it is. Five to 10. I think skincare, you can go- Five to 10K. Yeah, I know. So it's expensive. Frozen. That's why I launched just one. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like doing the math and I'm, I actually am like much better at math than I ever thought I was. Um, How'd you get good at it? I think I've always been good with money and I did well in math growing up, but I didn't realize like I didn't go to business school. So I didn't know what like a chart of accounts was. I didn't know how to like balance an accounting book, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Um, I think you learn when it's your own money too, like where it's going and how you're spending it. And Mm so I kind of was doing the quick math and I'm like, one product is all we can do Mm -hmm. right now. So let's make it killer, Mm -hmm. you know? But yes, you're correct. It's like a five to 10K minimum for everything. And then with uh, beauty brands, if you're doing shades, sometimes the MOQ would be like 30,000 units, but split across 40 shades. So like 2K per shade. But it's hard because not every shade um, is as popular as like, the totally. other shades. So then you still have to buy that MOQ for all those shades because you want to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. You want to have – I'm the super fair, and most people don't even make my my shade. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to go do the gamut, and then it gets really expensive. Mm-hmm. So I bow down to the color cosmetics because that is not easy. That is crazy. Crazy. Can you explain what MLQ is? Oh, MOQ. So MOQ. Minim- minimum order quantity. Minimum order quantity. So that would be like the 10K yeah. units. So you'll say you're reaching out to a top lab and, or a top formulator or a top um, manufacturer and you'll ask them, what's your MOQ? What's the lowest MOQ you can give me? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll increase the cost per unit and give you a slightly lower MOQ. Um, I like to ma- have product made as often as possible for the lowest quantity mm-hmm. because even though it's more expensive, it's fresher for the client because I don't want stuff sitting on the shelf. Like, yeah. So we try and pay a little bit more of a premium to do lower quantities got it now that we're sephora we're definitely like hitting way higher volumes than i was at the beginning but at the beginning i would just try and get it as low as possible Mm -hmm. even if i was paying slightly more for the product what is something an aspiring beauty brand owner needs to know that they would never expect man i think you have to figure out what your strengths are and then what your weaknesses are and be really like real with yourself like where are you weak and then put your energy instead of doing the stuff that you're good at learn how to improve your weaknesses because interesting because you can't hire people in every category at the beginning like yes it'd be great to have an amazing cfo but when you cfo can command like 250k a year so um yeah you got to learn how to do finance on your own then Mm -hmm. or have a great mentor or like maybe you've got someone who is a lawyer that helps you whatever it is uh find your weakness and then Focus on that at the beginning mm-hmm. and try and get better at that because that's going to be the part that brings you down. What would you say are your weaknesses? So many. I mean, like how much time do we have? I think <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a lot better at the things I wasn't good at. But I do think um, managing like the full cycle of production is really difficult. So getting the timing right of ordering the bottles and making sure they hit the warehouse at the right time. And then getting all of that. It's like a dance. Getting all of that together. Supply chain is what they call it. Can we dissect the supply chain? <laughs> Everyone's like the supply chain. What the hell is the supply chain? So basically you have your formula, right? And then you need to stability and package compatibility test it. So you have to pick out what it goes in. Mm -hmm. So then you pick out your stuff and then you have to design the artwork. And then you have to manufacture those bottles, those droppers, whatever it is, those tubes. And so that takes time. Before COVID, it could be like, 
a lot lower turnaround. So like eight weeks, you could probably turn something around coming from Asia if that's where you mm-hmm. get your bottles from. I get mine from Korea. They're all custom. But, you know, they got to make them. So let's say eight weeks of production time, 30 days on water. And then you get them. They've got to go through customs. Then they land at your manufacturer. So this is a dance you're doing with multiple different things if you're doing your formulas the way I do them. So you're trying to get it to all arrive at, at the same the, time. Okay. And then you also want to make sure you're not using too much capital your, your money um, tied up in inventory where you're not selling it. So you want to get it like you want to hit it soon enough where you're not sitting on, OK, that was a $30,000 PO of bottles and droppers. You want to make sure you're turning that into sellable goods fast enough. Mm-hmm. You don't want to sit on 30K of stuff that's not usable. Mm-hmm. But you also want to have enough that if you sell through your product, you've got enough here to manufacture more. Mm-hmm. So I think learning how like the ebbs and flows of what products do really well is a learning game. But you kind of start knowing what's going to really hit as Mm -hmm. you do this. So that part was really hard for me to learn. And I went out of stock so many times. Um, and Where you had sold out? Sold out, which is great. Everyone's like, you sold out, which is amazing. But you're like, I got to restock. Yeah, when you're a small brand, you really have to build off that momentum. Mm -hmm. It'll never, I'll never forget. Chrissy Teigen was the first major celebrity to talk about us. And I'm so grateful to her. That was like an instrumental moment for my brand. Because Why did she talk about you? I don't know. She, she loved, just got she the just, product. She in got her hands? the product in her hands. I still, I thought it was through Jen Atkin, who I worked with at Main Addicts, and I texted her, being like, "Oh my god, did you give it to Chrissy? Like, thank you." And she's like, "Oh my god, I talked about it, but no, she like got that on her own." So I was just like floored because she she posted about it on Instagram. I was doing a workout. I was in Pilates, and I how many years ago? Is this? this is in 2020. Okay, and that was a really rough year for a lot of brands, totally. and it was hard for us because we we actually did really well that year. But the supply chain, like we just talked about, was really slowed down with COVID Mm -hmm. because everything was shut down. So Chrissy Teigen posts about our product on Instagram, tagging this M-A-R-A, like, I love it, doing this like whole like sexy kind of thing with the product. (laughs) And I go on after my my Pilates class because I was doing an at-home workout, as Uh we all were at the time. And I go into Shopify and I'm like, whoa, like, what is, oh my God, I see like literally thousands of orders in the like thousands and they're just rolling Shut like up. this. So you're, I'm like, oh my God, Shopify's broken. I'm like something, there's a glitch. I like, I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. I had just moved to a warehouse. Um, I was shipping my own product at the time oh? before. So I had just switched to a warehouse and I, I thank sent God. Them, thank God. I sent them an email being like, I do not know what happened, but don't fulfill these orders. I need to figure it out. I'm not sure if this is real. And then I then I start seeing the posts, and then I'm like, oh my god, this did is did you real get life. onto your own Instagram or like the Mara Beauty Instagram? I went and to see Mara's it? after I'm like, oh my god, Shopify is yeah. broken. I'm like, where is this coming from? Because it was coming from all over. It was uh-huh. like people coming through Google, people coming. And you through didn't this. know her personally or anything. No, like that. I had, no, I had interviewed her once before, but she would never remember okay. me at the time. Yeah. Um, she was on my show, Pop Sugar, but no, it was I did not know her. It was through gifting glam. My wife being a hairdresser, <gasps> I gifted a lot of glam at the beginning, and so I think so smart. Yeah, it was smart because I just you know. So, sent it to people that I had access to. And people trust their glam recommendations. So I think it was through glam. I'm not sure if it was through Tracy Cunningham or someone else that was doing her hair at the time Mm -hmm. um, or makeup artist, Mm -hmm. but it was through that, I believe. And it was instrumental for the brand. But, you know, we sold out then and I didn't have enough. And that was really scary for me because when you have those moments, you have to be, when you're set on fire, you have to fly. Mm -hmm. And there are only these small windows that you get that are really exciting like Mm -hmm. that. And I was just nervous that we were going to lose our steam because I wasn't able to provide. And if people want an oil, you know, when you see a press, a press article, it's like Chrissy Teigen's favorite face oil. It's sold out, but here are three other options, you know? And so those things like they do hurt you. They help you and they hurt you because mm-hmm. then they find something else that they love. More money, and, more problems. <laughs> yes. And so that was um, an incredible moment, though. I'll never forget the feeling like that. It was, it was awesome. I mean, that is so cool to hear. And 
I just like applaud celebrities, especially like Chrissy, that take the time to do something like that yeah. because it literally could could change someone's life. It changed the course of my business for uh-huh. sure. It like you know, I think we would have been successful in our own right, but I think that that really put us on a playing stage that was so much bigger than we were before. Mm-hmm. And so for that, I'm forever grateful to her. Yeah, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, love love Chrissy. Have you spoken to her or told her the story? I've I've said it before, and I I've said it to enough people that know her that I hope it got its way back to her. Yeah. But I did DM her and I like thanked her, and she did like heart it and. She was like, I love it or something. I was like, oh, my God, she responded. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to ask selfishly because I am a creator. How helpful, if at all, is it when you send product to influencers as PR? Are you seeing a return on people buying it? Is it not doing much? Is it good for the brand awareness? Like as a business owner, what are you seeing on your end when an influencer posts and tags it after you sent it to them? I think it just totally depends on the influencer and their audience and what they're known for. Mm -hmm. So I've seen it really hit with certain influencers. And then other times I've seen people with massive followings that post about it and we don't see any like, you know, anything from it. But I believe in brand awareness. I think the more people you can have talking about your product is great. And also, I just want people to love the product at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. Like, I think coming from the space that I came from, I never forced anyone to post about it. And I never followed up in a weird way. Like, hey, did you get it? Did you post about it? Did you post about it? Like, people will share things if they genuinely like them. Um, And so I think... I look at influencers and how we send because we gift heavily. Um, I look at it as an opportunity to just have them tell people that they like it, even if they tell their mom that they like it. Like Mm -hmm. that is important to me. But also don't discredit the fact that your community is also your biggest supporter. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones that are actually doing the hard work of like purchasing your product, telling their mom, their sister, their Mm -hmm. friend. So we while we do focus on influencer, the new theme is really focusing on the community at large Mm -hmm. and, and doing special things for them. So picking like of our top sell, uh, top buyers on Mara last month, or no, it was a few months ago, we picked five people to send our flower acid to. Aww. We're like, okay, you've been supporting us. Here's our product that just won an Allure Best of Beauty. We noticed you haven't tried it before. Here you go. We're investing back in you and the way that you invest in us. So I think that's so awesome when brands do anything like that, giving back to their community. Yeah, but with influencers, I do think it's hard. I mean, there's a lot of influencers now, as you mm-hmm. know. It's a lot different than it was. Mm-hmm. People have platforms all across various modalities, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch. I mean, you name it, there's a there's a platform. Mm-hmm. So I think finding um, people that just feel like they resonate with the brand and sending mm-hmm. it that way, I think, is the best approach. It's also so interesting to me because when I receive product, Sometimes I do get it and I'm immediately excited and take a video and throw it up on my story and tag. But the reality is normally I like to wait on it, try it out, see if I can integrate it organically or how often I'm using it because I find that that will turn around the product more. Totally. With my audience versus like the amount of times I'm clicking through stories and I see like tag, 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 unboxing, which is awesome. But there's just so many now it's hard to stand out that way. So I always wonder about that. Well, selfishly as the brand, I love when I see people unboxing it because my girls work so hard on the PR mailers. But as someone like you that gets sent everything to, you just don't have time. And you also want to make sure you're offering your audience things that they want to see. And so sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'm doing an unboxing. If you don't like this thing, just like click through it. Mm -hmm. But you want to give the brands that support, or at least I do. Absolutely. Um, Same. But then also I get it. Like I'll have things unopened for like weeks and the brand will follow up and be like, did you open it? I'm like, oh my God, I, I have it. I haven't opened it yet. So our methodology has always been to offer an experience if we can, or I love doing things with things that are fresh. So I sent um, a mailer during COVID. It was for our C vitamin C serum. And I sent it with 
those farmer's market boxes that people <gasps> were doing at the time. Cute. We were one of the first to do it. I hadn't seen anyone do it before. It was the Flamingo Estates uh-huh. farmer's market boxes. Oh my boxes. gosh, iconic. Yeah, it was awesome. And I saw every every single person that got that mailer posted it. Uh-huh. They, and they actually even posted like what they made with the food. Well, and it stands out. Yeah, it was. so I think like offering things that are like unique and different, mm-hmm. we always try and be creative with it. So I think if you are trying to do a mailer and be successful with a mailer, think about something that people would actually want to show. Mm-hmm. You know? Are there any other product launches or like fun creative things you've done that you're really proud of? Oh my gosh. I thought that one was really cool. I thought, um, we don't do supplements anymore, but we did do supplements for a while. And What do you mean? Well, we, we made supplements. Shut up. Yeah. It was oh more like gosh. a fun like that. exercise that we did. Uh-huh. And it was during COVID. I felt like I was taking so many different supplements. And so I made two types of supplements. And one of them was called the Mara Skin Detox. And we launched it with Air One. And we were one of the first brands to ever do a smoothie. What? So we did. We had a Mara Skin smoothie before like Hailey Bieber, before like any of them. We had our smoothie at Air One. And it was iconic. It was like so cool. And I feel like we didn't get quite the credit we deserved because we were like, no. when you're so early on, sometimes with the trend, it's not great to be the first. Um, Interesting. So we had the Mara Skin Detox, which now they do for brands. You know, the ones that are free for members? Yes. So we launched that program basically with them. And so that was really fun. I'm super proud of that. How one. did that happen? Um, I was, I'm obsessed with Air One. My first apartment was above Air One. <laughs> yeah. And I, well, I shopped Your there California once. California girl. Yes. I shopped there once and never went back until I could afford it because um, that place is expensive. Bought like one thing in 2009. I yeah. was like, okay, got to wait a second before we go back. Literally. Got to um, pay rent. But yeah, seriously. <laughs> but I had pitched them the idea and we didn't have to pay for the collaboration because there was no one that had done it before. And we did this collaboration together where we paid for the materials. We offered it free for members for two weeks. And then non-members, it was like eight or nine dollars. That's how you know it was a long time ago. <laughs> but it wasn't as fancy as like the ones Wait, now. the smoothie was eight or nine dollars? Yeah, but it wasn't a smoothie. It was more of like a tonic. I mean, but still eighty nine dollars <laughs> no, for the anything is like what twenty two dollars. Those are more robust, though. I will say, like Haley's smoothie is like got so much more in it than ours did. Ours was really the supplement with strawberries. We had like a little bit of creme fraiche in there, some other things that like kind of added to it. Okay, but eight or nine dollars that you would never see that air one out. Never, but um, it was really cool. So I'm really proud of that one. I'm proud of the farmers market box. What else have I really loved? We did a nail polish collaboration for our detox mask. I thought was really cool, but. You know, it's hard because you don't want to offer things that like feel like waste either. Uh-huh. I feel like, as you know, like when you get sent so much stuff, I want it to be something that someone would actually use. Absolutely. Not just like another thing with Mara on it. Because mm-hmm. you don't need like another Ziploc bag. No, you guys are so particular and almost personal. Thank with you. your gifting, I would say. Thank you. We try because I want it to feel like we actually thought of you and we think you're going to like mm-hmm. this and this is what we're giving to you. Versus well, and you're like, so good at connect. Like now when I'm using the product, I'm like, oh, Allison. Like, I, you're so good at connecting and being such a great face for the brand. Thank you. Which I feel like makes a huge difference, especially when like, I don't know, it's, it's nice to have a personal connection because at the end of the day, being a creator, you only work for yourself. Totally. You know, it's nice to be feel like you're in a community a little. And I like getting to connect with the people that actually use the product. Yeah. Because because it's so cool to like get feedback, whether even if it's bad feedback. I love the feedback because mm-hmm. you're getting it in real time on how people are using the product. And I always say that products are like algorithms, like they're mine until they become yours. Whoa. And so like you kind of never know the shape that they're going to take. Uh-huh. Like I launched this. It's so personal to me and my team. We're working on it for so long. And then when you put it out in the world, you don't know what kind of identity it's going to get. 
and you're really I was thinking about that with TikTok. Yes. Like the craziest shit will blow up for no reason. Yes. I posted one about my LED mask and I have like no followers on TikTok. Posted something and it's doing like tens and tens of thousands of views, which is crazy considering yeah. I get like 500 on other things. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the one. Yeah, no, it's this always is, the one you don't expect. What? My earthquake video went viral. I was like, okay, really? Like, like this perfect. one? <laughs> yeah. Like out of all the things I do, like this is the one that goes viral. It's so funny how that works. But it is. It's like an algorithm. So products are interesting because they're no longer, they're yours now. They're not mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. I want to go back a little. Growing up, did you struggle with skin at all, like acne or anything like that? I didn't struggle with like really bad acne, but I struggled with the idea that I should have perfect skin. And I remember I'd have like a pimple and I would get like World War Three with my parents, like would not go to school if I couldn't cover up a pimple. <laughs> like it was out of control. Like I would literally be like, mom, you are going to write a note. I'm not going to school today. Uh-huh. I've always been very particular about my skin. And so I had worked on a bunch of different things. I had different, I had clindamycin, but I didn't need it. I don't know why I was prescribed these uh-huh. things. Um, and I found retinol actually when I was 13 because I had a scar on my face and my dad was like, hey, use this like 0.1% rapid wrinkle repair with with retinol just on the little thing. And I was like, okay, started noticing that the scar went away, but then also like the little acne that I had as a kid also was going away. So I've been a diehard retinol user since I was like an early teen, which is funny because I know there's all this controversy right now. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> Speaking of, what the heck do you think about 10 or 12 year olds running around Sephora buying retinol? 10 and 12 is too young. But I think if you're if you're experiencing hormonal acne, which we, they are saying that kids are getting their periods earlier than ever before. Why? I don't know. It's just a shift in maybe our food or the things that we're exposed to. But kids now are getting Whoa. their periods a, a year or two earlier than people did when they were, you know, our age How do you know up. this? Um, all the different doctors that I follow. And if you, like, research it, you'll notice that just puberty is happening earlier. And my two cents is... If they have a skin concern, I don't think it's too early to use a retinol or something like that because dermatologists and doctors are prescribing kids. I was in eighth grade and I had different and I had clindamycin. I think that is Same. much more dangerous to use because I actually burn my face off by using way too much. They say pea size and I'm like, you know, it's going to work better than a pea size, a quarter. Um, so I do think with the right type, you know, because you're like, I have one pimple. I'm like, they're like, put a small amount. I'm like, really? yeah. So I do think that with the right direction from the parent, like, hey, use this at night. If they do have bad skin, I don't think it's a problem the way that other people are thinking it's crazy. Now, the fact that they are destroying testers and making a, a ruckus in the stores, that I don't love because we pay for the testers um, as the brand. But, yeah, I'm not I'm not all up, like my panties aren't in a bunch about it the way some people are. I do not care. You know what? Fine. You're like, how do I get my oil in these 12 year old? Honestly, our oil you can use on a baby if you'd like. Like, yeah. honestly, my my wife's um, sister, her baby has really bad eczema and I have really oh. bad psoriasis. And she was like, we used universal face oil on his little cheeks and look how they calm down. And I'm like, I know because I have really bad skin issues, too. So. There are products that are great for everyone. Yeah. Now, if it's a really intense, like we can use Drunk Elephant as the example, like baby facial, which is a really intense acid, I would not recommend that because you don't need to chemically exfoliate the skin that much when you're that young. Even as an adult, I'm pretty sure you're only supposed to use that like once or twice a week. Yeah. So those types of, pro- yes. So those types of products definitely need a discerning eye when they're being used and are not meant for a 10-year-old. But things like a low dosage retinol, um, if they have acne... I don't know. I don't, I don't see the problem mm-hmm. with it. Is there anything else scientifically that we should, as the consumer, know more about when it comes to skincare? 
I think a lot of actives don't go together that people are using together. What do you mean? So, so using like, I think that people are getting much more knowledgeable now, but you shouldn't use a retinol the same night that you're using an acid. And not because it's going to destroy your face. It probably won't actually. Is that the pHs don't balance together. So what your skin needs to actually receive a retinol is a different pH than the formula of an acid. And, what would an acid example be? Um, so our flower acid algae serum. Okay. Anything with like a lactic acid, a glycolic acid. And you would see an AHA or BHA potentially on the label. So that would be an acid. And then a retinol is, you know, you know, a mm-hmm. retinol is vitamin A derivative. And so you don't want to use both of those at the same time? Same night. You can use them different nights, Got which it. is great. That's what we call skin cycling. Okay. But you just don't want to use them together. And so there are formulas where you might see them both in there. And I try and stray away from those because I feel like they're not, they're not the best formulas. Uh-huh. I like to have singular active formulas. So if you're going heavy on like a vitamin A night, I kind of like to lean into that. And then on alternating nights, I'll use like an acid. What's skin cycling? Skin cycling is basically um, using retinol and an acid on alternating nights and then having rest nights for your skin to kind of rest, which I think is so important. Just like exercise. Like you're not going to exercise every single day. Yeah. And you're going to switch it up based on what you want to work on on your body. Your skin's the same. Interesting. So you should you recommend like what every three to five nights doing a no skincare well, not no skincare but I'll do just like wash my face in just an oil or wash my face I've actually done detox nights where I use nothing too uh-huh. I think it's important just to let your skin kind of like recalibrate too I think your skin should be intuitive when you treat it and I know that's really hard because we talked about gut and intuition before but if your skin's feeling dry a lot of people will over exfoliate but they're already dry so maybe just kind of put on some a light moisturizer and let your skin kind of heal itself mm-hmm. overnight and then go back to your active. I think sometimes we hit too hard with things that we think are helping when they're actually hurting. Do you feel like your universal face oil is good for people who have acne? Yes. Yes. Why? It's low on the commodogenicity scale, which means it's not going to clog pores. It's not going to make you break out. Moringa is amazing for for all of that. It's so good for healing things. Um, They've been using it for years to heal wounds. So it's so great for calming the skin. We have so many amazing anti-inflammatories in there, too, which really help with acne-prone skin. Um, But if if someone has really bad acne and they're scared of oils, I always say start with our retinol oil. Because that one actually has stuff that's really going to target and help things like blemishes and fine lines. Um, Whereas the universal oil, its first purpose is a hydrator. Mm -hmm. And then it also has these calming properties, anti-aging properties as the secondary attribute. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know. Every I, f- I feel like people with acne prone skin are scared of oils, so there is that. totally. I remember being so scared because I had very acne prone skin, and I still do to this day. But when I was breaking out in the midst of everything, like I had the hormonal acne and everything, I was so scared to use an oil because I feel like for some reason, I feel like I was told that you shouldn't use an oil, like anything oily, on your face when you have acne. But as I've gotten older, I've realized how helpful oils can be, especially face oils. Well, a lot of times people with acne-prone skin are actually really, they have really um, dry skin, even though they're oily, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. And their skin is actually overproducing oil, and that's why the breakouts are being caused, right? Mm -hmm. You're producing more oil, then it's getting trapped in the dermis, yada, yada, yada. But if you're using something like an oil, it signals to the skin, hey, we're happy, and it's actually going to produce less oil over time. Wow. Yeah, so oil is amazing for acne-prone skin, and you are not wrong. You were fed the oil-free messaging. Yes. We were all fed that. It was kind of like the era of oil-free acne wash and those 100-calorie packs. Yes, like yeah. fat-free. Fat-free. Like fat-free, low-cal, high sugar. Yes. Terrible for you. Crazy. But like I'd eat like three of those snack packs being like, oh, only 300 calories. Like I'm so skinny. It's like, why don't you just eat- (laughs) Oreo thins. Yeah, why don't you eat some like chicken or something or a protein? Like, you know, we weren't really 
fed that messaging when we were younger. Uh-huh. And same thing with skin. Mm-hmm. So, Is there anything you can do to help have healthy and beautiful skin that isn't skincare related? Yes. Exercise okay. is incredible for your skin because um, it kind of like how we talked about lymphatic drainage. Mm-hmm. It helps like bring blood cells to the face, especially mm-hmm. if you're working out. Incredible. Your diet is so important. Fixing your diet. A lot of our skin issues are hormonal or diet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that we eat that we might think are good for us actually don't work with your skin. So I actually noticed a, a few years ago, I did a Geneva blood test to see mm-hmm. like things I was having an issue with because I've always had gut issues. And I would notice that when I was having those bad gut issues, I would have inflammation and breakouts on my face. Interesting. And things like spinach, I found out, came really high on my inflammatory response test that I took. So when I started eliminating things that I was eating that were healthy, like cod, I was eating a lot of cod because it was in my like uh, black cod era <laughs> for like Nobu and, and this place called um, Katsuya by my house. I was eating a lot of cod. Yeah. And like cut out things like spinach, cod, I was eating a ton of peanut butter, things that like weren't necessarily bad for you, but like were bad for me, mm-hmm. really helped my skin. So diet is more about, oh, you can only eat this. It's finding out what actually works with your body. Uh-huh. So would that be like, would you have to take a blood test to figure that out or just being really intuitive with what you're eating? Now I, I think that you don't have to take a blood test. Yeah. There's also other ways you can do it. Um, but I think like, you know, when you eat something and you're like, oh, that didn't, that didn't feel great. Yeah. Um, kind of listening to your body in that and seen you know Mm -hmm. is there anything else you recommend like water intake or obviously not being in the sun like things like that of course not being in the sun look at me i do not go in the sun um so sunscreen is really important really are you like period no sun no sun and if you're going like on a walk or something is it hot sunscreen sunscreen. yeah i used to be like tanorexic that's like a whole other story. I was like obsessed with tanning for years. And it was part of like what we were talking about earlier, like coming into my own and feeling good in my own skin. I think growing up in California, I felt like I had to be this like hot tan blonde. And I'm just like not that. <laughs> so, so um, you know, like beach life, culture, surfing, like cute, like cute girls with blonde hair. I felt like I had to look like that. Mm-hmm. And so I like when Mystic Tan first launched, was it was the first like spray booth that you oh. could go into. I became obsessed with that. And then going into that, I realized there were tanning beds. And I am so upset, but I did do tanning beds uh-huh. for like a few years in my teens. And I feel like I finally had like a come to come to Jesus where I'm like, wait, I don't need to be tan to be pretty. And um, that was a big thing for me. So now, yes, full sun, full shade, full SPF. SPF everywhere. Yeah. Is there a favorite sunscreen of yours? We do have a sunscreen that we make. Oh, amazing. Which I love. But I believe that the best type of sunscreen is the one that you like to use. So, And I think that you should get your sunscreen in multiple ways. So I love layering sunscreens. I love using ours with like a Tower 28. Um, do you know the makeup brand Tower 28? Yeah, they're amazing. She's amazing. Amy Lou is incredible. Shout out to my friend Amy. Aren't they very... Um eczema yes. like aware or certified something i don't know the terminology but she like their makeup is like the only one that really works with eczema yes and as i mentioned earlier i have a lot of skin issues yeah. i have psoriasis and eczema and rosacea so i love that about her products and she is a great um tinted sunscreen so i love like layering mine and hers okay. together um i also love i love the kosa sunbeam have okay. you tried it? You know what? I haven't, but I really like that brand. Yeah, it's really good. It's in like a cute little pink tube too. So it's great to like keep on the go. Um, so those are probably my favorite sunscreens. Mm-hmm. Are there other beauty, like what are your other beauty brands that are some of your favorites besides your own? 
You know, it's funny. I use so many things, but I always come back to Mara. I'm a Tata Harper girl through and through. I think what is she, that? Tata Harper? Yeah. She's like the OG, like luxurious, clean beauty brand. Oh my gosh. Like, I she, can't believe I've never heard of her. Yeah, she's incredible. She sold her brand to Amore Pacific last year, I okay. think. Um, she, her stuff's amazing. It's expensive, but it's really good. Her cleansers are iconic. So we make an oil cleanser that's one of our best sellers, but I like to sometimes use a gel cleanser after that or her um, regenerating cleanser. Mm-hmm. Both amazing. Um, I mentioned I use rose. So I have her peptide glazing fluid and that um, the essence that we talked about. How are you using the road products in your routine? I'll use I love essences and I uh-huh. actually don't like to wash my face in the morning. Um, I have really dry skin and I feel like people overwash their face sometimes mm-hmm. and that can also cause breakouts. So in the morning, if I don't feel like my face is sticky from anything that I used the night before, I'll actually just damp the face, use the glazing milk mm-hmm. and then go on with my vitamin C and then my sunscreen. And that's like my morning. Oh, okay. Love. Yeah. So I use it in that way. So I like her products. I'm trying to think. I love Alpen. My friend Kendra owns Alpen Beauty. She's got a great huckleberry peel that I think is really fun to use if you need a nice exfoliation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many good brands though. I love Ranavat too. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you've heard of Ranavat. Uh-uh. Um, she's got this Ayurvedic skincare line that's beautiful. A oh, sat- wow. This very like luxurious saffron mask that's really fun to use. Are there any underrated brands you think that are out there that aren't talked about enough? Ooh, that aren't talked about enough. That's such a good question. I'm trying to like, I'm going through the Sephora wall. <laughs> okay, there's a new brand that I think is really cool and they launched at the same time that we did and I've only used a few of their products but I think they're really great. It's called Matter of Fact. Oh, cute. Yeah, it's cute. And the founder's really cute. He's this like really cute Asian guy and he's got incredible skin. And um, a lot of his formulas are really active heavy. So I have to be careful on which ones I use. But there's this one that I've been using that's got turmeric and bakuchiol in it, which is a alternative to retinol. And I really love it. Okay, fabulous. So, yeah, and he's at, he's on our wall too, the next big thing, which is the wallet Sephora. So I love promoting brands that are also just putting in the grind, trying to yeah. make it on that wall. So Wait, okay, I want to briefly talk about Sephora. You're in Sephora, which is insane. How many products? Everything in Sephora? So all, all products are on Sephora.com. Okay. And then our top sellers are in stores. Which Actually, is the universal face the oil? universal face okay. oil. The uh, cleansing oil is in there. The retinol oil. What about my C-Sculpt The body, body oil, oil is launching in March. Okay, yeah. Yes, yeah. It's, it's been doing so well online. I put so many people onto it. I'm, I'm like, really? yes, just real life oh, people. I'm thank like, you. See, my that mom, is, yeah, that, my mom, my friends that just visited, I'm like, guys, use this shit. Body oil is the best. So, so good. That one is entering Sephora stores, which we're really excited. The Sea Dream's going to be in there. So Amazing. It's our first launch that's actually going directly into stores because we're really excited for it. And then our lip balms. Um, but those are the ones that are on the wall. And then the rest of them are online. Okay, what's the beloved wall? The wall. Yeah. So, you know, for brands, there's several stages of getting into Sephora. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool about Sephora is they really help build brands. I think they're the best brand builders in the industry. So Why? For, because I feel like they really support you. Mm-hmm. They they really give you great advice. Um, they support the brands. They feel like that they really take under their wing. And I felt just so much love from them this past year. And one of the things that they do that I think is so great is that when you're a bigger brand, those gondolas that you see... Mm -hmm. The brands pay for those, by the way. They pay for those. Wait, what do you mean the gondolas? It's called a gondola, but you walk in and say you see like rare beauty. That's immediately there. So the brand pays for the the decoration on that. So if you see like a really fancy um, integrated gondola, the brand is paying for that. And those can cost millions to to do. There's 500 Sephoras in the U.S. So when you're paying for 500 gondolas that are custom – Incredibly expensive. The other thing is end caps, which is kind of a smaller. Yes. Yes. So those are also expensive and paid for by the brand. But with how so, much is an end cap? I mean, honestly, it can be as expensive as you want it to be because it's your design. I have never designed an end cap, but I know that they can cost half a mil, maybe. Shut you up. know, I mean, look, I'm I'm throwing numbers out yeah. based on what I would calculate, but 
Just depends. Okay. I just you know, I know like Merit, um, which is an incredible mm-hmm. beauty brand. They had Jake Arnold, one of my favorite interior designers, design their gondola. Oh, wow. So you're like, into interior. I, I love like, fa- I started in fashion. You wear so, so many hats. I love I, it. You know what? I'm just a, a student of life. Yes. I like to say. I'm oh, interested in lots of things. Okay. Um, so they worked with. Uh, Jake Arnold, uh-huh. who's an incredible uh, designer who designed their gondola. So that's what I'm saying. You can ball out as much as you want. Okay. Um, you can make it your own. But it's the brand's responsibility to make it come to life. The next big thing wall they have for makeup, for fragrance, for um, skincare as well. It's a wall where they display new brands. And you don't have to pay for the space there. They, like, print it out. You get to design your little, like, card. And um, they give you this opportunity to grow within their ecosystem without having to have a massive line item like a gondola or an end Got it. And I feel like a lot of eyes, you know, go to that wall because you want to see the the next cool thing. Yeah. Where is it in the store? It changes depending on the store, but it's usually, it's on a wall. And a lot of times it'll be like the very back or like on one of the side walls. But Mm -hmm. you'll see it. It'll say like skincare's next big thing. Yeah. No, I remember seeing it, but I just, in the store, I was like, is there a specific place to look? But it's just different everywhere. It changes, yeah. Okay. So are you out of that wall now or are you still, you're still in the next big thing? Yeah, I want to be on the wall. You want to be on the wall to, you know, for as long as you can because you're still growing. And so, you know, we're still on the wall. We, We changed our decoration. So a new picture of me will be going up in Sephora. So. Oh, <laughs> Very excited. Um, but yeah, we're still on the wall and we're really happy there. So we're just grateful to be a part of the part of it. How do you even get in Sephora? I think it's a lot of things. I think it's really great press. I think it's great sales. I think it's the buzziness of your brand. I think it's tenacity. I think it's the strength of your formulas. You know, they have to see something in you, obviously, to be chosen because there's so many brands out there. Is this something you're pitching to them directly? Yes. I mean, I pitched directly for years. It it takes a long time. How many years? um, Well, I launched the brand in 2018 and we launched with them in 2023. So that's five years alone. We found out in February. We found out like in 2022, I think in June that we were for sure launching with them. I can't even imagine the phone call or what you felt like. screaming. I'll never forget that day either. What was it like? (laughs) It was a Zoom call and the head, uh, the the lead was on there of, of Sephora. Along with the rest of the team, did and you have any idea, like an inkling or anything? I was hopeful, like because I had pitched them and we had been talking, and like there was like good vibes out there. But you just really, do yeah. you ever really know no. anything? And you know, I think the one thing production has taught me is you don't know that something's happening until it airs. <laughs> I don't believe it till I'm on the trip it's or on the plane. On the yeah. plane, on the trip, or it is literally. I've had TV shows like pilots that are like it's launching yes. and then pulled. So. It is not there until, until it's Until it airs, yeah. Yeah, so um, that was a really exciting phone call. I, I like. I don't cry very easily, but I think I cried after. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Yeah. I get it. So you were just pitching throughout the years. Like, what does that even look like? Are you sending a deck via email? Is this Zooms? Like, did you have a connection? I did connected. Did your dad help? I, like, what's the nitty gritty of that? Know. He did not help. Um, but... You know, I think the thing is I had found a buyer earlier on that actually I think approached me. I was a part of the Sephora Accelerate program where I was actually giving brands advice on how to public speak. So brand founders as a part of the Sephora Accelerate program Uh and met some connections through that. And then just kind of like I am, am not shy. I don't shy away from being annoying. Like not to the point where like you're really annoying someone, but I have no like I don't care about following up and getting rejected. Okay. I, I don't mind being told no. You have to be okay with no in our line of uh-huh. work. Totally. Like you're going to get shut down or not casted or knowed all the time. So I followed up with the people I had met through that program, eventually kind of made my way to a buyer, um, started pitching them updates, you know, like, okay, like the brand seems really young still. You don't even have a warehouse. Little did I know at the time, you absolutely need a warehouse to be yeah. at Sephora. Like yeah. I was shipping shit myself. Do you think I was ready? No. Um so I think those big updates, like, hey, we were on the Today Show. Yeah. Major milestone. Hey, you know, only follow up when you feel like there's something to share. 
We have a new product launching. I'd love That's to send it to huge. you. That's huge. Only follow up when there's something to share. Yeah. Not don't just be like they said no, not hey, right I'm now. Here and, again. Like, and follow <laughs> up in three months with nothing. Like don't follow up. Oh, hey, we won a lore best of beauty. That would be a great time to follow up. Yes. That's a huge like Oscar of, of beauty. Mm-hmm. So finding those key moments to continue to follow up, even if you've gotten the oh, not right now, or mm, I think you can't let those get you down because if you really believe in something, I think you can make it happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. And one more question I have to ask about when you were doing the public speaking class or whatever, what advice were you giving people? It was so long ago. I remember it was 2018. So uh-huh. it was the year I launched my brand. Because you're so well-spoken. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was telling people that if you don't have something to say right away, like it's okay to take a pause. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we like to fill space with our voice. And if you're not a professional speaker, it's not going to come out right. Mm -hmm. So pauses are important. And just if whatever it is to relax before you do a public speaking element, I think is really important. So I always advise people to take like magnesium or people take beta blockers, even something that can calm you down. Like don't get hopped off on like a coffee or an Alani new Mm -hmm. if you're someone who gets nervous before public speaking. (laughs) Yeah, or shaking. You're shaking. You know, so I think those were some of the tips I gave. And then you're going to speak eloquently on things that you know. So just really just read through your stuff a million times. Like you're going to be able to answer any question if you know what you're talking about. Totally. The more I'm prepared, the more I, I don't have to rely on anything. It's just I know in my heart and exactly. soul. Like, yeah. And if you don't know your formulas that well, then study them. Mm-hmm. Study them. You know, know what each ingredient does. Speak eloquently that way. Like read through your stuff a million times. Like mm-hmm. you should be able to say it a bunch of different ways too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the advice I gave. Well, you are full of advice and tips. And I just think you are so cool. And thank you for sharing everything because you have worked your ass off. And it, I'm so glad, is finally being recognized. So um, where can everyone follow you and find you? Well, you can find us at the Mara Beauty, most importantly. That's where you see all my good stuff. Um, I'm at Allison McNamara. And you can shop us at Sephora. Yeah, which is so crazy. Is that not insane to say? Oh, it's like literally we'll never get old. Like we'll never get old. That's crazy. It's crazy. So crazy. I can't wait to tell everyone about it. Maybe we could do like a giveaway. Yes, let's a, do it. Maybe. Yeah, yes. for, for a Making Moves listener. Let's do okay, it. Okay, so follow Allison and Mara Beauty on everything. Follow me on everything and comment down below. What do you want to? Sea Dream? Yeah, like what's, yeah, like, well, Sea Dream is it. So we've been saying like, what are you manifesting for this year? Okay, love that. Comment down below what you're manifesting this year. Yeah. Follow us and we'll do a giveaway. Perfect. Oh, Amazing. I'm so excited. And then last question is, what are you doing to make moves in your life right now? Right now, making moves, you know, product launch season is so crazy for us because mm-hmm. we don't get them that often. So right now we're just trying to like absorb the moments because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes these we work so hard, like six to eight months out on these launches and then they go by so fast. Kind of like do, a, sorry to interrupt. Red. You do one to two products a year. Yeah. So okay. we don't get many of these. And it's kind of like a wedding. Like you plan for <laughs> it and then it's gone. And you're like, so right now. As important it is to make moves, like my true mindset right now is enjoying what we've worked so hard Mm -hmm. to show everyone. Mm -hmm. So, but after that, we have a really exciting acne-focused product that's (gasps) launching later this year. Yay! I actually haven't told anyone that yet. Okay, tea. Uh, Tea. (laughs) Yeah, tea spilled on making moves today. I love it. Anyway, so follow us, comment down below what you're manifesting, and be sure to make someone else's day this week. We love you guys, and see you next week. Bye. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully 
done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.